Religious studies scholars spent much of the 20th century debating the definition of religion. The epic ended with a critical turn interested in who's asking and who's answering. While it's too early to tell what questions will define the next century, how we mediate our data and analysis appears to matter a great deal. What might we learn about religion through the documentarian's camera? Religious studies scholar Brent Plate and photographer Rob Knight took a look in their 2014 documentary, In God's House, The Religious Landscape of Utica, New York. There is a need and a desire for a strong sense of community for first-generation immigrants, or in this case, refugees. And because of that, they're really coming together to find a place where they can have that community, and oftentimes that is in a religious space. Robert Knight of Hamilton College gives us a tour of what he saw about religion in the Rust Belt, New York City. That's coming up right now. From SowingTheSeed.org, this is Broadcast Seeding, a podcast with future food for thought on religion, culture, and teaching. I'm Richard Newton. We're glad you joined us. Buddhist doctrines teach us about equality, love, and compassion. We look at everyone with eyes filled with love, so there is really no problem. In my opinion, I want all the religious communities to unite together in the future. I hope the communities can organize a festival where everyone can gather in one place. That way, it can create a sense of unity in the city of Utica. The title of the documentary is In God's House. So you're getting a sense of your home, you know, in this region, you know, sort of taking root there. And then you're also going to these houses of worship, right? The study of religion frequently, I mean, sort of overemphasizes the importance of text, perhaps at the expense of other ways of engaging, meaning-making, and, you know, getting a sense of what's out there in the world. Uh, I wonder, sort of, what did you sense about how religion works as you're entering these different homes? I mean, you're there with a camera, there's audio as well in the film, which our listeners will get to hear a little bit of. What did you sense about religion? I think, I mean, as, a, as, a, as an artist, I mean, I initially began as a photographer when I went to graduate school, uh, started, you know, finished graduate school in 2006 uh, at the Mass College of Art in Boston. And I was really focused on the visual because, you know, photography is, is really about the visual. Um, but over time, actually, just as I was graduating from Mass Art and kind of coming out and starting my own, own artistic practice, I started thinking about other forms of expression in relationship to the visual, um, thinking about how I can incorporate audio recordings into my work, how I could, how I could incorporate uh, time through uh, video aspects. Um, so these other senses were important to me. Um, and definitely in this project, when I came into those spaces, I was really struck by uh, not only what I was seeing visually, um, objects, uh, juxtapositions, uh, you know, uh, mediated images on the wall like posters and photographs, um, but also uh, you know, the sounds that you would hear uh, in these spaces. Sometimes we would come to the spaces when they weren't being used, and even that is just an incredibly powerful uh, experience because it's so often so quiet, right? And so uh, if you're attuning yourself to listening when you come into a space like that, 
you know, you, you feel the, you hear your feet walking across the floor, you know, you hear uh, the birds maybe chirping outside of a window, just sort of subtly coming in, or you hear children playing on the street outside, uh, or cars going by. So all, it, it's, it's an enclave, really, I think, where uh, those kinds of things are emphasized, because there's, you know, there's not a lot of distractions that we have in the rest of our lives. There's not TVs, and there's not... Um, you know, there weren't a lot of people walking around even, and so it really allows you, I think, to attune yourself to those other kinds of, of, of senses. I think in some spaces there was also sort of um, an olfactory experience of smell, um, you know, whether there was food being made in some spaces, uh, in the Kwan Yin Buddhist temple, one of the times we were there they were having a, a feast and there was, you know, a lot of food production and we actually, you know, filmed down in the kitchen, which was an amazing experience to, to actually, the, the monk that we interviewed was the one cooking the main cook uh, in that in that scene, uh, which I thought was pretty amazing. I mean, you know, she's clearly a busy person, and she is, you know, a sort of higher level person in this organization, and yet she was down there, like at the fryer, you know, frying up all this all this food for the celebration. Um, so yes, there was there was definitely a sense of smell in in, in a number of the spaces. Um, a, a definitely, sort of a, also a sense of incense in the Kuan Yin Buddhist temple. But even even the smell of like an old space, you know, that sort of musty smell of uh, that you have when you go into like the Tabernacle Baptist Church, which right. is you know a 200-year-old space, and and you know it's just got that kind of of uh, weighty smell almost of of a kind of musty space. And when you went into these spaces, I mean, I'm thinking too of the kitchen, also some of the other instances that are happening. I mean, was there a, a temptation, or maybe you did this, where you sort of stop tape and say, well, religion's not happening right now, so uh, you know, let's take a break. Or uh, absolutely, uh, I mean, yeah. we, you know, we, what, oftentimes what I would do um, with, particularly with the Quan Am space, was uh, I set up a camera that was just running, and so, um, and basically, as a as a videographer, it looked like there may have been a bunch of people shooting because we had different camera angles. Um, but really that was just me and Brent uh, together there, and, and Brent was primarily just sort of watching, and, and, and he was actually doing some of the audio recording. And so I, I set up one camera that was up on the balcony that was doing all the overhead. And I set that up when we got there, and it ran for like three hours. Uh, so it just ran straight through the service, before and after, and then I could come back in and cut and paste and kind of clip that together. And so while that was going, then I would, you know, I went to, we went down, I was downstairs, I was shooting with another camera, you know, to capture the little boy running out to put his shoes on and go outside, um, or to go back into the ancestor room and, you know, video them kind of doing the chanting and singing and celebration of their, of their, of their ancestors. And so having multiple cameras going allowed me to be a participant in some ways, you know, when we weren't shooting those moments, I could actually watch or even sit down. Um, and, and actually when we were down um, shooting some of the footage around the feast, um, Brent was actually in that footage eating, and, and I joined him a few minutes later. Uh, so, you know, I did video a little of that, and then, I, you know, then it was, they really wanted me to eat with them, and so we sat down and, and had, a, had, a, had a meal with them, which was wonderful. Yeah, and I think that captures really well what Brent Plate describes as sort of the synesthetic aspect of religion, right? That as much as you could focus on the visual or the sort of olfactory, right, the smell or the, the audio, um, it's really how these things come together where you sort of get that sense of home or, you know, that you get rooted in the place and the moment and the time. And it's not that all those senses are firing equally, but the, the strange combinations that make something really come together, not only in their experience, but also as you captured it on film and um, with audio. And I was wondering if you uh, had a better or a different sense of
Utica itself as a result of seeing these sort of high sensory activities in the town. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a, you get a very different sense of the community um, by experiencing it this way than I might have if I hadn't participated in this project where maybe I would have gone to, um, you know, a Vietnamese restaurant, let's say, which, uh, you know, there's some wonderful Vietnamese restaurants because of this Vietnamese community that exists in Utica. Um, and so that's the other, you know, the other sort of uh, manifestation in some ways of the presence of these immigrants and refugees is that they come in and they, they express themselves through their cooking and making, you know, starting restaurants and businesses. Um, and so this allowed me to kind of have a, have a much different insight, I think, and a much more uh, complicated one to really see that, you know, the lives that they were living at a more personal level, I guess, uh, you know, their, their religious life, right, obviously something that's very important and meaningful to them. Um, and not kind of a commercial end of it. Um, but I think one of the things that was, it's kind of, you know, this challenging about the medium of film or photography is that really you're kind of limited to these two senses, you know, the visual and the, and the audio, the oral sense. Um, you can't really get to the sense of touch or taste or smell, right? Um, those are definitely are important parts of the experience of, of, of any of these spaces. Um, and so that's something that I think, you know, again, it would which is wonderful about um, Brent's work and about his article, uh, is addressing all of those senses. And it's, you know, it's, it's it, well, I think we, you know, we get it two of them pretty well. How do you, you, know, you can't really address the others. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, that can be disappointing, I guess. Yeah, and there's a, he has a great piece about how the fact that the senses, you know, our understanding of sort of five senses is actually rather like cu culturally constricting. I mean, we, we may in the United States, uh, in the Western sort of world, think of five senses uh, given sort of modernity in our scientific understanding. But there are plenty of places throughout the world and plenty of moments of history in which people thought of their engagement with the world in different ways, right? So, so you see peoples who have this sort of innate sense of direction where they always know where true north is. They always know um, where they are. You know, if they've been transported to another place, they kind of have a sense of, here's the ground that I'm on. And uh, your film does another thing, too, in recognizing that part of being in this space of Utica is movement in between these different sites. You know, throughout the film, sort of moving from site to site and driving in the car and seeing the city. Because that's what people do too. They move around through these places. And I wonder, as you moved around through these houses of worship, did you notice anything common to the thing that people do when they're doing religion? Like, is there something that comes out as, yep, here's religion, this is what it's like. Um, that's not specific to any site, but present in all of them. I would say sort of a sense of introspection. If you can, if you can um, see that, if you can be conscious of that. I mean, it's hard to say when someone is being introspective, um, but it does seem that that is something that ties together religious experience across faiths. Um, you know that that people uh, are having a moment of silence, or they are bowing down, which you know happens in the Buddhist faith as well as in the Muslim faith. Um, uh, you know, in the Christian faith, sort of you know. Have saying a prayer, uh, the Jewish faith as well. You know, so there's there there are moments of of pause I think that happen in each of the religious experiences that that do tie them together, and I think the other the other thing is is um, really um, a celebration of, uh, of 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 sort of music. I mean, it's not you know, not necessarily music per se across all of the faiths because I wouldn't necessarily describe the musine. Um, you know, uh, chant or, or call in, in, in the Muslim faith as, 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 uh, as music, but it is musical in terms of its sound. Um, and so there definitely is that that ties together uh, these faiths as well. And that was definitely something I wanted to highlight in the film was 
you know, the sort of the, the sort of beautiful and very diverse um, musical aspects of the different uh, religious services. So, I mean, there, the senses become this site then, I suppose, S-I-T-E, right, where meaning is made and sometimes it's in this, uh, I don't want to use positive negative, but it's in the sound and the silence. It's in the stillness and the motion. It's in the eating and the, you know, the sort of declaration is this is not the time to eat. It's also in the playing. I mean, kids seem to be a large piece of this too. Well, at least in some of the spaces, right? Some of the spaces seem to have a lot of kids. Other spaces, maybe not so much. What's going on there? Yeah, I mean... I think, again, part of the reason that I made the film or that I was interested in working on the film was the, my own experience of having young children and seeing the world they're growing up in. My long, larger work over time is, has been an investigation in some ways of the world my, child, my children are growing up in. And so this project, I kind of wanted to see it through that lens. You know, what is my daughter is sort of embracing Judaism right now, wants to you know, have her bat mitzvah and go through that process of Sunday school and learn Hebrew. And so for me, this project was a way of kind of understanding that. And so naturally, uh, when I saw kids in these spaces, I also wanted to understand who they were and why, what they were getting out of it. Um, so I gravitated to kind of trying to film kids whenever I could. Um, and it's interesting that the service that we ended up filming for the synagogue was a Labor Day weekend service, and so it was a fairly um, quiet service in terms of the number of people were there, and there were very few children. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, actually, I think the only children at that service were the rabbi's kids, and her kids were really young, and one of them was like crying and kind of running out of the out of the scene. And I don't think we actually have him in the footage. Um, so that's the one space where we don't really see children, yeah. uh, which is uh, yeah, now that I think about it, something that I maybe would try and you know rectify in some way because I really do like having the, the presence of kids across the spaces and the sort of sense of the future generation and you know that's something that, that definitely is particularly talked about in the context of the you know, Christian space of, of tabernacle um, you know of, of sort of you know what is the future of this of this institution and it, you know, it's in the Burmese you know it's in this this Korean community and there are you know dozens and dozens of kids under the age of 10 who are there with their parents um, we see a couple of them running around most of them have gone off to, to Sunday school during that shooting start so they were actually out of the, the space and I think too the, the idea that there's this sort of moment where you understand that there's a child in the I guess in the synagogue right but it's run away or doesn't want to be there I mean I feel like that's a big part of the story of religion too that you know sometimes kids get dragged there and don't want to be there or it's the pastor's kids or the rabbi's kids who have to be there but everyone else is enjoying labor day right so there are these sort of ways of setting apart your people your community from you know whoever's on the outside of the house and there's something meaningful about that too and um, kids seem to wrestle with that in a really intriguing way. And others, I think some, some of the, the Christians who identified themselves as in the mainline were wrestling with that in a different way. I mean, we've, we've read in the news as of late, sort of the Pew Research Forum saying, it seems like religion's on the decline in America. Fewer people are willing to call themselves religious. And I wonder sort of what your film contributes to that conversation, whether it sort of adds a rejoinder or seems to correlate with that. Uh, how do you see yeah, your, your work fitting in there? I mean, I'm not sure it's really addressed in the mm -hmm. film itself, but I think that, you know, my sense of that in terms of the conversations that we had and um, the spaces that we, that we filmed is that there is a need and a desire for a strong sense of community for first-generation immigrants, or in this case, refugees. And because of that, they're really coming together 
to find a place where they can have that community, and oftentimes that is in a religious space. Um, emphasis or push on the, from those communities to, to find that, that peer group, the network, the friends, um, that many second, third generation, or you know, people who've lived here our whole lives, they don't need that infrastructure, right? We have other kinds of contemporary infrastructures where we can socialize, where we do gather, um, and, it, and it doesn't necessarily need to happen in a house of worship. And so I think, in some ways, I see this as a, um, as a kind of generational thing that will shift over time as, uh, as those immigrants become more acculturated to, uh, you know, to the American way and to the American culture that those children may not participate as much in the future generations of those spaces. There may well be new immigrants who come you know, in the next generation that bring their own faiths and uh, need for community and, and kind of fill those spaces, but it may not be the same groups. Uh, the church throughout its uh, history has been a, a church that has uh, welcomed um, successive waves of immigrants to the Mohawk Valley. Well, Robert Knight, as we have been able to sort of see a little bit of your home in this film and we go back to our, our own homes after watching this film, what do you think uh, we should take with us about maybe how we should see the places that we come from or the places we're going? Well, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's my hope that through the film we kind of get a greater understanding of people who are different than ourselves. So um, definitely for me that was something that I gained an appreciation of through the film. Um, and the people that we met and, and worked with in the film were incredibly friendly, incredibly open. Um, you know, the, the, the Muslim community, they welcomed us to come to their, um, you know, Ramadan celebrations in the summer and, you know, they please come back for the, you know, they want us to come every year to their celebrations and they feed us and they don't expect anything in return. Um, they're not trying to convert us, they don't, you know. Uh, so they're, they're incredibly friendly communities and, and for me that was a wonderful part of the project and I hope that some of that comes through in the film and that people um, have a better, you know, more open uh, willingness to, to look around them and to see the difference as a, as a positive thing, as, as something that they can uh, get a deeper understanding of, of the world around them through. Hopefully that's, that's one of the outcomes, because obviously every community is different, right? So this is not the same thing that's happening in, you know, California or New York City or Elizabethtown. Um, but there is hopefully some kind of parallel in some way in, in every community that, that uh, viewers can, can uh, take away from and, and bring to their own community. Well, Robert Knight, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. That was our guest, Robert Knight, Assistant Professor of Art at Hamilton College. He directed In God's House, The Religious Landscape of Utica, New York, a documentary film produced by S. Brent Plate, visiting associate professor at Hamilton College. I'm your host, Richard Newton. On behalf of both of us and my production assistant, Maya Ponsuwan, thanks for being here. Until next time. Broadcast Seeding is an outgrowth of the magazine SowingTheSeed.org. If you dig what you've heard, spread the word. Like us on Facebook at SowingTheSeed, and we're on Twitter and Instagram at SeedPods. Thanks for listening.